Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome back to the next episode of Building the Cooperative Classroom. My name is Adam Rubercheck. I'm here with Derek Swistak and Aaron Fleming. Howdy. What's up, everybody? In our mini-series on positive interdependence, our second uh, episode here is going to be about sort of the looks like and sounds like a positive interdependence. How will we know when that's happening in the classroom? How can you, as the teacher or the facilitator of learning, or even just a guest in the classroom, kind of look around and, and, and know that those students are truly engaging in positive interdependence? So I'm going to hand it off to Aaron, and he's going to talk a little bit about that. Well, thanks, Adam. Um, I guess the first question I would ask anybody, and I hope you don't drive off the road when you hear this one, but it's, do your students really know what it sounds like or what it looks like to sink or swim together? So maybe I'll just ask Adam and Derek real quick with a quick yes or no. Do students generally know that right off the bat? No, not at all. Nope. And and I think their experiences they're, they're experiential with group work at times has not been a positive one. And, uh, and, and this is a way to ensure that, that it, it can be a positive one. Well, and there's no doubt about that, um, Derek, because I mean, you ask, you ask anybody, you know, and, and I love, I love to ask parents when they come in for the open house or, you know, meet the teacher night, you know, when I talk about the, the importance of cooperative learning in my classroom and I say, well, what, what, what's been the worst thing about working in a group? in in your educational history or in your work history and the answer is always the same it's i get stuck doing all the work so uh, you know even as adults uh, or, i mean or 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 on the flip side of that i wanted to do some work but i was told that i couldn't like it wasn't good enough uh, and so you sure that's the other part i've yeah, heard that too. you know not an equal distribution for sure um but uh you know let's think, let's think to adults for, for just a second, you know, why do we need, uh, why do we need reminders, you know, in the, you know, in the school building next to the, to the fridge, you know, where it says, please only take your food or please clean up after yourself, you know, because we often as adults need social skill reminders and reminders on just basic behaviors that sometimes some of us think are pretty natural. So if that's the case with adults, then we certainly need to find better ways to communicate how to do these things to our students. So some really valuable things uh, that we can talk to students about would be what is what is positive interdependence look like and what does it sound like? And we can accomplish this um, really in I, whenever I talk to teachers, I say, imagine that you are standing outside of your classroom and uh, you're standing outside of someone's classroom and you're just looking in. You can't hear anything that's going on. What would you see students doing that would prove to you that they have positive interdependence, that they are engaged with with each other in a way where they care about each other's learning. What would that look like? So let me ask Derek and Adam, what are some things that you would definitely see students doing? First thing I think I would see the students doing a lot of uh, looking at each other. I'd see a lot of eye contact. Um, I'd see a lot of, uh, a lot of mouths moving. I would hear a lot of, uh, a lot of talking amongst all the group members. Probably a little bit of leaning in, maybe a uh, shared resource, um, a, a big whiteboard, um, a book, that, a big book that we're all looking at together. Um, maybe even um, all of us leaning in towards a computer 
um, and taking a look at something instead of all of us on a separate computer. But uh, but most definitely, and I mean, to, to all of your points, you know, everything points to there are physical movements, whether or not it's the leaning in or it's, you know, it's not bad posture. It's not leaning out of a group. It's leaning in. It's knee to knee. It's eye to eye. It's all focused on each other or it's all focused on a shared resource. So um, keep that in mind. If, so, if, if someone were to stand outside of your classroom and just look in, what would what would students be doing? What are those explicit actions? You know, would you see hand gestures when, when students are talking to each other? Would you see nods of understanding or maybe, you know, tilting of the head when someone doesn't understand? But that we just, we need to see some sort of explicit cue from students that shows us if they are learning or not. And we need to share those with students. We need to say, when you are working well together, okay? And, you know, I don't know that we necessarily need to use the word positive interdependence, but, you know, we can say when your group is working well together and you're, you're caring about your, your group's learning, um, you're going to lean in, you're going to nod, you're going to do all of these things. And it gives them something to fall back on. But, um, you know, and it's not just, uh, but it's not just the, the looks like, we can also do the sounds like. So I tell teachers a lot, if I were to just stand in the, the corner of your room, I would close my eyes. I'm not focused on anything visual. What would I hear students saying? I, I try to get teachers to think about more specific quotes. Like what would I hear students saying uh, as they're working together? So maybe I'll throw it out to Derek and Adam. What would students be saying to each other? Before you go into the next step, could you do this part so I can do my part? Uh, how about we try this? I, you might have said it too, is like using the person's name, like and learning each other's names and how to say your name properly and, and using those names in there is really important as well. Well, Derek and Adam, thank you guys so much for that. But uh, no, those are, those are great things. And really what we all like to do is, again, we're giving students explicit cues that they can use. And I think it's even beneficial for us to put these in a poster form. And uh, we use the T-chart. We pick a skill that we want. You know, what does working together well look like? You know, because we could tease out some specific social skills, you know, much later. And we'll do that. But uh, if we pick something generic, like, you know, what does working well together look like and what does it sound like? On one side of that T, we're going to talk about, you know, what does it look like? But on the other side, we're going to put those direct quotes so that students could, as they're working together, they can look up at the poster that's on the wall and they can see, oh, call my group members by name. I need to make sure that I do that. Or I could say something as simple as, hey, here's what I think the answer is. What do you think it is? That also gives them the the quotes to be able to take a group member who might not be participating, who might not be engaged, and in a positive way to say, basically, hey, here's what we're talking about. Why don't you tell us what you think as opposed to, hey, what are you doing over there? You think you could help out? So it, it really, it just gives, it gives students the ability to, to do this by looking at a direct quote, gives them the power to, to, to talk to each other well and, and to develop that positive interdependence. And I think one more thing that you could see in that positively interdependent classroom is that it's near impossible for students to complete their task without each other. 
Um, a truly positive interdependent task necessitates that everybody is actively participating. Um, so you should see a very cognitively busy room, whatever the indicators of that are. Um, the, the old problem that we talked about at the beginning of everybody's experience with group work in the past may have been, well, one person did all the work. You had a couple of, you know, what they call social loafers, but in a truly cooperative classroom, you won't have that. Um, or it'll be the rare exception that needs maybe a little bit of intervention from, from the teacher. When we are looking for and listening for cooperative learning and specifically positive interdependence, it should be all students actively engaged in the task. What we need to realize is that what we're giving kids and, and the way to sell kids and parents on this too is that what we're giving them is this ability to think about positive interdependence when they get into the workforce or when they you know, are working in, in a college class or when they're around their friends, involving others in conversation, um, practicing these kinds of skills. Um, I recently saw that, that if you have a strong culture in, in, a, um, in a workforce, that it results in 756% more profit than if you don't. Um, that that's a way to sell kids on that. And that is that those, those skills are what employers oftentimes are looking for. Well, and, and I like what Derek always says about, you know, how these skills transfer and, you know, and he mentioned the workplace, you know, I've heard Derek say to students before, Hey, you know, when you get off to college and you're in a study group and you have to go to the library with, you know, two or three of your peers and, you know, you're, you know, prepping for, you know, a really big test. Hopefully the skills that we have taught students about how to make everybody in the group feel like uh, they, they own a piece of the learning and a piece of the solution and that each person is a valued member and that everyone belongs. All of those things, again, when our students are off on their own, it's just going to carry forward to help them learn more in college. So um, the, these, are, these are the skills that we really want kids to take forward with them. Absolutely. And for kids that aren't going to college, it also is, um, it's really important. I was just w listening to uh, a report about how, you know, the trades are, are becoming more and more, um, they, they can't find enough people for those jobs. But even in those jobs, you definitely need to, you know, the first five years are apprenticeship and you're learning how to become a plumber or you're learning how to become an electrician. And if you don't have those, those skills to be able to ask questions or to be able to glean information from others, you're not going to be very good at that job. And you're probably not going to be you're kind of not going to get to the next level. So, you know, the more that we can show students how this, what we're trying to help them achieve within here, gets them to their goals. Um, and, and even just being a good friend, like being able to involve people in conversation, um, people that are a little more adverse to it and, and making sure that they feel as though they can be vulnerable with you. Those are things that are, are really important life skills that can be accomplished in any class. And, uh, you know, positive interdependence is a big part of that. And it's a huge part of the teacher's role in terms of their thinking of these things. So that, that gives us a good picture of what positive interdependence looks like and sounds like in the classroom. Uh, in a final installment of our three-part mini-series on positive interdependence next time, we will talk a little bit about the implementation and what are some lessons that, that really capture that idea of positive interdependence. Until next time, let's cooperate.
Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.